ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. The third edition now. Third time's a charm for the Chick-fil-A Lounge. I am your host, Phil Gentile, uh, the Hot Take Kid, and I have a very special guest, one of my favorite folks from the world of podcasting, Mr. Smart, Smart Mark Sterling from uh, the Major Brothers Wrestling Figure Podcast. What's going on, Mark? How are you this evening? Hey, Phil. Uh, happy to be here. Thank you for having me on. Ready to get down to it. Uh, awesome. You guys can follow Mark on Twitter at Silver Intuition. If you, you know, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you definitely listen to the Major Brothers. You are a big part of that show. So uh, you've been on there more and more increasingly over the last weeks and months, but uh, we don't know too, too much about you like we do the other guys. So I'm glad to talk with you. And I was hoping to share some beers with you, but uh, my wife and, and the Major Brothers have both uh, teamed up to make me eat and drink healthy for the last uh, since the year started. So I've been off of beer, especially after the Ravens lost. So I uh, <laughs> can't really talk too many IPAs with you. Are you? I know you're doing the, the Major Fitness Challenge with those guys. Have you have you given up alcohol? Or are you still in, drinking in moderation? Well, not. I didn't give it up. I uh, I for sure am partaking in some drinking, but um, I was. I'm sort of a guy who would like pop on pop open a nice IPA and just enjoy it, uh, you know, at night while I was watching a movie or something like that. But it's very easy to cut those out. So yeah, uh, not not doing that sort of recreational uh, midweek drinking and sort of only just drinking during uh, special occasions, which may be the recording of my other podcast, the Off the Hop Rope podcast, uh, which is about beer and wrestling. So we kind of have to crack crack open a few beers for that show. Of course, yeah, that's uh, that's something you've been doing. You've been doing that before, even before the Major Brothers podcast started. Tell us about that and how that all came together. Uh, well, to be honest, uh, I've always loved um, podcasts, um, e- even since like the dawn of podcasts. I remember listening uh, to uh, when I, I used to watch Lost every week, and that was the first time I can remember hearing about like what a podcast was. The the Lost creators would come out with like this fifteen minute podcast every week. They would put on the internet, and they would sort of like say some of the mysteries, and they sort of got in depth. And I remember like specifically waiting. I can't cannot wait until this comes out. Um, so that was my first thing in podcast. But then uh, I've sort of I always grew up listening to talk radio. My my grandmother who uh, sort of raised me with my mom, she would wake up in the morning at 8 a.m., put on talk radio, and not turn it off until she went to bed. So it was just like a constant stream of sports talk and political talk and just like I just always heard uh, like voices talking all day. So that's why I was just naturally into the idea of long-form talk shows, podcasting, things like that. So that's why I I enjoy podcasts, and then I started the Beer and Wrestling podcast because I just wanted to mix my, my sort of two passions. Are both of the, the dudes that do it with you, are they both uh, professional wrestlers as well? Yeah. Uh, top shelf Troy Nelson's kind of like a, a half wrestler, I guess. He hasn't – He's. I think he's wrestled probably four times in the last year. He's got a really funny gimmick. His gimmick is that he's a bartender. Okay. <clears throat> so so it works out. But, you know, he's just kind of like – he's very funny. He's very charismatic. Uh, he does it when he can, but it's not really like uh, his, his goal. The other guy, CPA – uh, just changed his name to Nick Stapp recently. He will travel across the country and back on a in a twenty four hour span, like in his car. Nice. He he is he has a slogan. He will die for this, <laughs> um, and like we all sort of believe it. He tries really hard, so he he is uh, 
he's definitely a pro wrestler. You guys can check them out at on Twitter and Instagram at Off the Hop Rope. And um, I'm I'm with you, man. I'm in my car all day, so I'm constantly listening to podcasts. And then when someone asks me like what my you know, what kind of music I listen to. Somebody asked me that the other day, and I just like stared at them for like ten minutes. Like I don't even know. Like I couldn't name you anything besides like '90s alternative. Uh, as far as music, I just never listen to music anymore. I'm just a, uh, you know, I have like seven or eight podcasts in the, in the feed at all times, and uh, the Major Brothers are certainly one of them. But I want to go back with you and um, kind of see how you got started. You know, as a fan of wrestling back as a kid. Do you remember your earliest memories of? Uh, becoming a wrestling fan, what what it was? Did your parents take you to a show? What, 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 tell us the story. Yeah, I guess uh, I've always sort of really been interested in wrestling. Um, Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, people like that. Um, I remember vividly getting I, my first action figure ever, action figure, was a LJN uh, George the Animal Steel. I, I don't even – I see only LGN I had. I just remember that was the first action figure I had. Uh, and then later on, I remember specifically getting the Hogan Hasbro and the uh, um, Jake the Snake Hasbro and then sort of just like being enamored with those figures and how cool they were and colorful and muscly and things like that. So then when I would see those guys on TV, I was – which I wasn't really allowed to watch wrestling – uh, or oh, nobody wow. really like pushed it. Nobody had told me when it was on. Okay. Yeah. If it was on, somebody would be like, what's this crap? <laughs> so I kind of had to like watch it in secret if that makes any sense. But oh, I used to I love watching the, you know, the figures that I had, the Hasbro figures. Um, it's weird because my, I, my dad showed me Rambo when I was like four. So I don't know what the, uh, yeah, wrestling seems a little bit tamer than that as far yeah. as, you know, violence. Um, uh, so that's how you started collecting figures. Obviously, did you ever take a break? I mean, were you as gung ho as Matt and Brian were all the way through, you know, high school and college? Or like for me, I just got into it, you know, a couple of years. I was, you know, hardcore into it as a kid, and I think it was your you guys' podcast and just the the figure community bringing me back into it, following a bunch of people on social media. Um, did you take a break, or have you been kind of a, a diehard ever since you started? I took a big break. Uh, and actually, that's interesting that you say you just kind of came back because I saw the picture you posted and you have a whole detolf of uh, Hasbro's there. How did, did you just re-pick re that up? or uh, Your boy Hasto Toy helped me with some of them, but I would say half of them were from my childhood. Uh-huh. Um, obviously, the, like the you know the more common ones. I never had any of the green cards, and I've had you know buddies that were selling off their collection, and all you know the Facebook groups that I'm in, just just picking them up randomly. I have yeah, you can't see, but I have another detolf right next to it of all the all the retros as well. So I mean, yeah, in the last two years, I would say, I mean, before that, I didn't have anything besides you know half of these Hasbro's. So um, it's you know it's become a pretty big. I don't I want to say addiction, but I mean you know once you get that itch, man, it's uh you know how it is. Um, but I, I prefer hobby. Hobby, <laughs> hobby okay. is a good, yeah, good word. That's good. Uh, Expensive but hobby, it's, but it's a, it's a fun. Yeah. Hobby. To your question, um, this the whole thing, and and maybe I'm being romantic about this, but this whole thing to me is like a is like a whole path, like one leads right to the other, that leads to the other, and so I think that's it's it's interesting, but maybe it's boring. I don't know, but um, I was always like just wrestling figures I and mean, not wrestling figures action figures in general mm-hmm. was my entire childhood i i had sort of everything that's all i did all day i had you know fig feds with the wrestlers i had you know a giant uh 
you know, superhero world that I would build cities like that. That was just sort of my nerdy childhood. And I loved it. And I collected or I, I don't even know collected. I just bought tons to play with until I would say like uh, 98, 99, 2000. Uh, I guess just kind of like when I was like ending high school and hitting college. And like yeah. I think going to college just ended that completely. So I never bought another, I barely, maybe one or two from like 2000. Uh, I remember specifically I graduated uh, right before I went to grad school in 2008. I went to my mom's basement. I took all of my toys from childhood. I sold them in huge lots wow. on eBay Wow! and then uh, used all the money and took a trip to europe so oh, okay I, at least it was for something good you didn't go like no it was great yeah that's great but call. i sold everything except my childhood arn anderson galoob and a deadpool figure i have no idea why i kept that but <laughs> hundreds and hundreds all my legos things like that but so, so i remember i think it was around christmas time maybe it was before that that you just completed your your hasbro collection that's all been rebought from that was you don't have any originals left that was all kind of pickups from ebay and, and different people yeah, not a single one. But also, I was very rough. Uh, yeah, with, with the figures and and you know, I specifically like in eighth grade, seventh eighth grade, I had a a joint fig fed with my friend Steve, and we made belts and we t I took my figures, he took his figures, and we had just like a massive. The guys don't talk about this, but I used Hasbro's with Bendems with Galoobs. Oh no! So basically, anybody that was like that height, yeah, yeah, they were they were in our fed. So the together we had like hundreds and hundreds of, of wrestlers but we were rough with them i we drew on the hulk hogan to make them nwo hulk you know oh, like nice. they were, they were terrible i don't even know how they sold i think i sold all of them in a lot for 60 bucks something like that oh, wow. they were destroyed nice um yeah it's 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 interesting how a lot of people i mean you know zach talks about that as well just you know going back and buying things you think he has everything with the way he talks on the show but he's had to go back and buy a bunch of stuff that he's sold off and gotten rid of and you kind of like I come downstairs sometimes and I'll see like, you know, I have like 30 figures that I can't even fit on my shelves. I'm like, God, I just need to get rid of some of these. I know right. the minute I do though, it's, I'm going to, I'm going to regret it. So it's, it's a, it's a catch 22 for sure. Um, I want to ask you, well, I mean, tell us, so that's how you became a fan, how you became collecting and now let's go full circle. Then you became a professional wrestler. I mean, it's a, seems like a no brainer here. Is it some, when did you know you wanted to do that? Was that like while you're in school? Did your parents support it? You know, obviously you've, you've, you know, you, you're on raw recently. So, I mean, you've, you've, uh, you've, you've definitely made a, made a name for yourself. Uh, t take us back to the beginning. Uh, yeah, well, uh, no matter what happened, I was always very, uh, passionate about my fandom in wrestling. So like I may have not been collecting the figures or the toys, but mm -hmm. I still just loved wrestling so much, especially, uh, that attitude era 97 through 2000. And so I loved it so much that I, uh, you know, started doing backyard wrestling with my friends. I met some friends at high school that just loved it so much. Um, that we sort of put together uh, a fed in the, our backyards and, and we were very serious about it. But the other thing, which is also part of this journey, is I was very interested in the producing of the shows. Like the I, I used my grandmother's cam VHS camcorder. I formatted the shows. I would literally write on paper segment one, segment two, book the matches. Basically, I mean, the guys did their matches, but... 
So I was like very interested in in the production part of it, which leads me to sort of why I went to school for television and radio production. But um, as far as wrestling goes, I'm going to be totally honest. Uh, I was not interested in it per se. My dream job in my life was to work for the WWE editing uh, video. And my good friend who backyard wrestled with me, his name is Surratt. He's actually uh, the husband of Sasha Banks. Oh, wow. Nice. Uh, he said to me one day, hey, I found a wrestling school in Chicopee. That's like the next town over. I said, what? He said, I don't have a ride. He some reason didn't have a license for years he's like can you bring me and i was like sure i'd love to see what a wrestling school is i'd love to see the ring so i i gave him a ride the teacher guy by the name of kevin landry he was like he had done a few like dark matches for the wwe he did like the first funkin dojo way back in the day with like edge and kurt angle and those guys he was just like a big big dude um and he was the teacher and he thought I was there for class too, so he let me get in the ring and try it. And I remember they made you do, made us do a hundred bumps. That was like the first day you have to, you know, a bump is like, you know, when you fall on your back or whatever. So he, they made us do a hundred bumps, which is insane. Uh, and I did it and got through it. And then he was like, "All right, I'll see you next week." And I'm like, "I guess I got to come back next week." <laughs> That's cool, man. Yeah. Um- are you involved with uh, Creative Pro? Like you are you like a part trainer? Do you like be, you know? Do you help out with like behind the scenes stuff? Or are you just strictly part of part of the talent? How does that work? Well, I guess that that also is sort of leads me to the next part, which, like I said, this is all a big line. I stopped wrestling in two thousand and seven uh, when my dad passed away. I just like sort of wanted to take a break mm-hmm. anyway, and then I sort of gained a lot of weight. And that same year, I got accepted to grad school, so I left where I was in Massachusetts to move to New York in 2008 to go to grad school. And I always said, like, I'll, you know, when I stopped wrestling, I was like, I'm going to take two months off. This is 2007. And I never went back. I did grad school. I started working in uh, film production. I started working as a video producer and just never did it. And even though in the back of my head, I kept saying, like, I'll go back and do wrestling again someday. Uh, and it wasn't until 2015 uh, when we found out that uh, I was going to have my child. Uh, I, have a, I have a four-year-old daughter. Um, that's when I was like, oh, no, I have nine months to be a, a like, uh, carefree individual. Yeah, I remember those. I remember those nine months as, like, a countdown. Yeah, and I was like, if there's one thing I want, what's the one thing you wanted to do or you regret not doing, and that was go back to wrestling school. So I was in New York at the time. The closest school was Create a Pro. Uh, It was a very reputable school. I had no idea how I would shake up with them, um, if if it would even work. I signed up, I think, for the first, like, uh, just a four-month thing, just not knowing if I would be able to do it. I I was older. I was like 33 at the time. So uh, I just kind of dived into it like I do a lot of things just like uh, with everything I had, tried really, really hard. Um, 
ended up loving it, really making friends. The Creative Pro Wrestling School and the community is just uh, like one of the best things in my life. It's so awesome. The the camaraderie, uh, the team that we have, it's it's really awesome. And in that time, obviously, that's when I met Brian. Um, and the school, it's just like kind of like, I can't really explain it. Like when you're there, you just want to help. You want to help them. Yeah. You want you want to help the school be good. You want to help the shows be good. And I would just do everything that I possibly could with my talents and help the school grow, which was video production, sound production, just anything technical that Brian needed done because he's a caveman. So I just kind of <laughs> like started helping Brian you know, grow the school and like, uh, keep the school running and, and promote the shows and things like that. That's the one, one of the things like I try to support indie wrestling as much as I can, but I mean, that's the biggest thing you, you, you notice when you're, you're attending a show or you follow some of these smaller companies on social media that the, the production value, you know, it's the money you can't compete with, with what the WWE does. But I mean, from following cap TV and, and all that stuff, you, they do a really good job. And I don't know how much of that you know, you're still involved with, but it's, you know, it's, it's definitely, uh, the, the social media aspect, what you guys do as far as um, the, the the clips that you show and all that kind of stuff, it's it's definitely well done. So I mean that I think that makes a big difference and kind of sets you guys apart. Um, so so you became involved with that there. You, you met Brian. How how far into that did you start talking about like wrestling figures? Is that something that even came up in the first you know year or so? He uh, maybe not. I'm not sure exactly when it was, but. Um, like literally right before I went back to, uh, wrestling. So I told like, as like May of 2015, I think right around the, the mania of that year, maybe or something. Um, I had just like restarted my Hasbro collection. I saw an announcement made about the retro figures, the Mattel retro figures with like the picture of the Cena and the Brock and the reigns figures. I'm like, what? They're remaking the Hasbros. They're continuing that line. So I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to get all of those, I need to get my Hasbro figures back. So I started collecting just like the cheaper ones, like Series 1, Hulk Hogan, or whatever. And I started like posting pictures on Instagram. And this is when Brian was like, oh, this guy likes uh, – <laughs> this guy collects figures. This is awesome. He's, you know – my my student, this guy that I train with, and, and and that's sort of we bonded on that, and then we started talking about the 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 retro figures and things like that. So that that's sort of how, whatever, yeah. So I it was right around the same time going back to wrestling. That's when I started recollecting. I think that's what a lot of, got a lot of people back into collecting was you know, not only the podcasts and all that kind of stuff was was for me it was the the retros too because I mean it was something so different but it felt so familiar to anybody who collected Hasbro's back in the day and you know we won't go down that that rabbit hole but um, so yeah so you became closer with him about that and whose idea was it to start a podcast was that something I mean obviously you had a, more of a technical background than him. Um, he had been friends with with Zach for a long time, and, and we've heard all you know. We know about his collection going back to all the shows he's been on and stuff like that. Um, I, f- I think you guys had touched on it a little bit on their podcast, but tell me how do, if you whatever you remember how whose idea it was and how it you know how it first got started. Yeah, so you know, podcasts they're friends with Colt, uh, and he's like the godfather of wrestling podcasts. So. I think and these two guys love podcasts too. Like they listen to all the 
um, Conrad podcasts and, and Broski's got this huge list of Disney and rides podcasts he listens to and, and Brian, the same thing with like Mets and all that. So they just like the medium as well. Um, and I, I remember specifically, I was good friends with Brian at the time, obviously helping him with creative pro to the point where, you know, we, we text and all that stuff. So I remember he put up a tweet just randomly, and this might have been a year before we actually did it. He put up a tweet that said, what if me and Zach started a, a podcast about wrestling figures? And I looked at that and was like, that is going to kill. That is going to be a great thing. And I immediately texted him and said, if and when you do this, hmm. I'm your guy. Nice. So, and then, you know, maybe nine months later, I started my own podcast. So I had... And and I just kind of like did that. Just I figured it out. I I researched a little bit. I bought the equipment. I found out how you host the podcast and how much it costs and what you need. And um, I did that like uh, maybe four months before they started there. So I so when they decided to do it in August of 2018, I had art had I had the know how the equipment you know the whatever. So it was very easy for me to get them up and running. It's crazy uh, how everything came together, man, for sure. I mean, it's it's probably the story of a lot of podcasts, but it just feels like, I mean, such a big community uh, and it really didn't have a voice before you guys came on the scene. And, and you guys have done a great job of, I mean, I'm, I'm a Patreon subscriber of you guys you know, from the beginning. It's a great, mm. a great community that you guys have built on Facebook, and it's something that me and Sheena really tr- strive to kind of emulate too. Um, you, you guys are, you know, it's, it's a fun listen. If anyone listens to our show and doesn't listen to the Major Brothers, I'm, I don't know what's wrong with you. You need to start. Um, but uh, you guys do, you guys do great work. Let's go back to the collecting aspect on, on your side a little bit. Um, my wife is kind of like eh, my, my wife's. It's kind of like Brian's wife doesn't collect anything, so she doesn't really. She helps out and she'll like look when she goes to Target or something. But right. you know, she'll come downstairs and see that half the basement is now you know taken up from uh, from the collection here. Does how's how's your family, your friends? How are they with uh, with everything that you have? I've I've never seen yours, but I'm sure it's it's probably dwarfs mine. Uh, I don't know. Yours is. Uh, I think you you probably have me beat. I I am trying to um trying to think of how to say this i i'm holding mine back a little okay. uh, uh, i i don't necessarily i if, if you just recently watched brian's toy room i love it i love being in that room i love the cleanliness of it i love the way he's got it laid out um i it's it might be too much stuff for me um i my room right now has two detolves and like three built-in shelves and that might be enough so i'm gonna have to from now on like kind of try to i say this now but in in a year i'll probably have two more details but i don't know i'm, I'm trying to hold myself back a little bit i guess I, I forgot the original question i did too are you are you uh loose with everything is that how you go i mean i've seen your uh, i've seen your instagram posts and it looks like you do have a lot of like loose figures in your details is that do you have anything mint on card or is it all loosey yeah pretty much um I I have a few on card things. Um for the most part it's loose especially like if if the value uh you know Broski got me uh the um Rick Flair and Larry Zabisco AWA 2 pack like mint on card like fresh out of the case. It's oh, yeah. unreal. The 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 hole's not even poked. I I could not in a million years open that. 
Oh God, no. I have a uh, Rick Flair Z- zombie, zombie sailor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know some of the more valuable pieces. I, I have a like one of my prized possessions is is the Hasbro Ric Flair on card. Wow, nice. He's my favorite wrestler, and it's right on top of the Hasbro Detolf. So it just uh, it's kind of like a perfect like crowning piece to me on the top. I remember the original question. I don't know how we sidetracked, but it's all right. Uh, yeah, family, oh, friends, and uh, collecting. How how are they mixing? I think fine, and it's like like I think the reason I went in that direction was because uh, I kind of hold back a little bit. It, it, it's more than most, but it's not insane. So. Uh, you know, I think everybody is sort of fine with it, and it's not like, you know, it, it is what it is. It's decoration, really. Yeah, that's that's the fun thing about um, kind of this this community you guys have built is you know you get to see everybody. People post their uh, their collections, and some people will have you know it'd be it'll be a, a total mess of everything put together. Some people it'll be like you know a fine tooth comb and you know just a thousand figures and it's everybody just does it differently there's no right or wrong way to do anything which is right which is pretty cool um what i want to ask you um my so, daughter loves it she loves oh, the yeah, toys true. and i she has a lot of figures that she plays with and we play uh wrestling figures and things like that so she she loves it and thinks it's cool and that daddy has toys for sure i, don't, I can't count this just happened the other day so many times my son will climb into the the car seat but he'll face like the trunk before he like flips around and yesterday he right on top of all my crap was just the the masters of the universe ring with uh cena and triple h there just on top and i, I was gonna give it to him for his birthday or you know something and it was like well i right. guess, guess i have to give this to you now so um, <laughs> yeah. you know and he's been playing with that taking them apart and stuff like that so yeah that's that is the fun part too is he came down the other day and wanted to put you know i have an one of the shelves on my detolf is empty because the hasbro's only took i mean the retros only took up a couple shelves so he, he brought down a bunch of of his Mattels and wanted to put him in and stand him up. I was like, yeah, sure, man. No problem. Whatever, <laughs> That's funny. Whatever you yeah, want to do, sure. man. Yeah. Um, your collection. Um, what's, what's the, the figure that you, when you, when you look at it, you're like, I mean, I guess you've probably already touched on it. The, 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 the Ric Flair mint on card. Is there one that you don't have? That's kind of like that Holy grail for me. It's the, the, the Bret Hart defining moments. What's, what's that for you? That's like I was gonna. Well, you sent these questions before. I was thinking about it. I right now it's that Bret Hart defining moments. Wow. Okay. I I have been. Uh, it's. I mean, it's there. It's not like it's impossible to find. Yeah, you but, can click two buttons right now and get it. You know, that's what you know. It's the kind of the hard part. But it's you know the the price tag is steep, and it's also like, you know, it's. I I agree with you. I'm I'm two Hasbro's away from finishing my collection, and I'm almost like. It's almost like watching Breaking Bad, like you know, binge watching. Like I could watch all the episodes now, but I mean, once I have those two, it's like you know, what am I? You know, it's just kind of like the the fun has been trying to find all these and people hooking me up and going to flea markets and eBay searching and stuff like that. So yeah, that's you know, that's hundred percent. Yeah, yeah I'm not gonna just pay uh, an overpriced you know amount for the thing and. Yeah, I mean, the guys helped me out. Like, I was going slow on the Hasbros, to be honest. I mean, the guys gave me, I think, 11 figures to finish it out, and there was all the most expensive ones. But I I was, you know, theoretically having a good time looking for those. Uh, the, I did, I like, I bought an Atom Bomb, which I thought I got for a really good price. It was like 67 bucks. I won an, uh, an auction on it, and I was like, okay, this is great. If I just slowly build these, I can get a lot of these for a cheaper amount. But... 
Yeah, that defining moments, man. I, I want to get it, but not for two hundred seventy-five dollars mint on card. Yeah, somebody in one of the Facebook groups, somebody was put an entire collection of of all the defining moments in one of those raffle things where you put. I think it was like forty spots. Everybody would put in fifty bucks, and I was like, oh my god. I mean, that's that's. I mean, it's a it's a pretty expensive raffle, but I mean, that's. I think it's you know, over like two grand worth of figures. I mean, if you mm. think about some of those. Um, I think it's because I'm sober is why I'm jumping around here so much, but I hope that's all right. Uh, no. I, I want to know how your week goes with, with the podcast and the editing that goes into it. I mean, you got you get the episode up for the Patreon subscribers, you know, I would say within 24 hours of, of when those guys record. Obviously, it drops on Fridays. I don't know if this is just inside baseball for me. I don't really care. I'm interested, and I don't care who is it that's listening. Um, how, how does your week work with those guys? How do you, I mean, they're on the road all the time. Walk us through like a normal week of how the podcast becomes the finished product. Yeah, so I am I am very blessed right now. Um, where uh, currently, this podcast and professional wrestling is my job. So, uh, and and I'm trying this out right now for uh, however long. I, you know, I, you can call me freelance. I guess um, I would pick up jobs, but I. I just started doing this the day before Thanksgiving, technically, or the first week of December is when I left my shoot job of eight years. Wow! So, Congrats, man. Uh, oh yeah, thank you. Cool. You got the, but, you got uh, the mansion up in uh, Massachusetts. Yeah, now, yeah. So. I keep saying that. I told <laughs> him when he sees it, he's gonna be like, "Oh, this is just a house." But, um, uh, where was I? Oh, um, the the yeah. So back in the day, uh, for like a year and a half. It was very difficult. I am like literally right now breathing for the first time. And I don't necessarily talk about this a lot with the guys or in public, but I worked a real job eight to five. I was a video producer for a website. Um, Did that for eight years. I would go to work. I would make videos, forum, commercials, product videos, things like that. I would punch out at five. Um, I would come home. I would edit their podcast. I would edit my podcast. I would shoot promos for my wrestling. I would go to wrestling training. I would have shows on the weekends. Maybe I have a Friday night show, maybe a Saturday night show. I didn't have a, I didn't have a life, like not a single thing. I haven't watched like a television show in two years. I, I haven't, you know, it's, it's insane. Like come home at five, do dinner or whatever with the fam start working, work until 1 a.m., do it all yeah. over again. Yeah. I mean, it's, you, you have something you love, man. I can I can totally relate, you know. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a gift and a curse, you know. I mean, it's, For sure. it's a lot of work, but, I mean, it's gotten you where you are now where you're able to quit the 9 to 5. And that's, you know, with those skills that you have, you're going to be able to fall back on that if you need to. But uh, it sounds like the, the, the major brothers are keeping you busy, man. And I – from from behind the scenes, not to, not to sidetrack here, but from behind the scenes, from someone who's done podcasts for you know seven eight years, I I can tell how much work that you put into it, and I don't think they would be where they are without you, and I'm sure they would be the first to admit that. I mean, uh, those guys are super talented, and they know the ins and outs of everything they talk about, but you know the the behind the scenes shit that you do is yeah uh, I mean just from listening to the podcast I can tell you you doing the editing and and bleeping out all of uh, Broski's curses and yeah. um, adding in all the drops and that stuff I mean that that takes some serious talent man I don't I can't really 
I mean, I've listened to every episode. I don't think I've ever noticed a skip or any kind of continuity error or, or dead air or anything. So, I mean, you do you do a great job with what you do on that show. Thanks, man. I, I really appreciate it. But, you know, you know, like uh, and I've been doing this for a long time, the editing uh, and, and I worked at this real job for eight years and it, it, it allowed me to, like I said, shoot and edit every single day and get better at my craft and learn technicals and um, just get sort of really good with equipment. So, like, you know, I recommended the equipment that we bought for the podcast. So, the stuff that we use is very important to me. Uh, you know, the, the quality of the sound, I always yell at them when I think that they're recording like in a loud room or an echoey room. So like, uh, you know, we, we are really thinking about that kind of stuff. Um, I don't, I never, I never ever want to record over, over Skype. Like, um, thanks man. Fuck. <laughs> well, <up>. hey, that's why <laughs> I, that's why I pulled out my microphone for you. But yeah, you sound good. Yeah, I like you. Even like uh, you were like, you want me to record it on my end? Like you can't even like take a break and just just be a guest on the show. You're trying to re, trying to produce my podcast, man. You're, <laughs> you, I was like, just sit back, man, relax, have a beer. I, I appreciate that, but I guess what I mean is like the phone calls. I don't like when uh, when pods do do like the the phone calls uh, it's, it's, or whatever. Yeah, there's there's some shows out there that just don't. I mean, it's just you know, it's just a, str- a shoestring, whatever. But I mean, you can right. when you, it just takes you out of it. It just doesn't sound you know, especially if you're in the car and you're driving. It's hard to hear like some, some exactly. telling a good story. But um, so yeah, so so the week they record on they co- record after Raw on Sundays or or Mondays. What are they? What yeah, are they so back to the week. Um, we we sort of t- we usually like around Thursdays we'll we'll start to talk about the upcoming week like um for a while they were on the road Friday Saturday Sunday Monday they had plenty of time to record the podcast so Broski has the equipment he packs it in a bag he brings it wherever they go they go okay we've got you know Sunday night open we'll record then eight o'clock sounds good. I will send them the ads they need, uh, whatever they need to touch on that week or whatever by the recording time they record it. Broski, the next time he gets internet, takes the files, he sends it to me via Dropbox, and then as soon as I get it, I I edit it. That's like my number one thing. I want to get this this podcast out as, as soon as possible. So uh, lately, after the title run, you know, they've been just doing, they do the odd house show loop, but for the most part, and they talk about this on the pod, for the most part, they just get our book for TVs lately, especially with this. It's actually really since the change, this, the SmackDown change. Yeah. Um, so it's uh, the whole travel loop is totally different. So the guys are getting booked for the Monday spots. Um, sometimes they fly in s- Sunday, they got Sunday night to record, or they fly in Monday. And then after Raw, they f- they don't fly out until Tuesday, so they record after Raw at like eleven o'clock, um, you know, to get a couple hours of sleep and pop on a, a flight early in the morning on Tuesdays. Um, if I'm in the area, if they're in New York or they're going to court at Brian's or or a hotel near me, that you know, I'll pop, I'll drive to them while they're recording and produce it while I'm there. Um, but basically I just get the files as soon as possible and try to get it up uh, on Patreon as soon as possible. Yeah. It's a lot, I mean, it's a lot of work and, and I'm, I'm sure 
they all it's kind of like our podcast we all have our parts we have a you know group chat we all talk about you know one of us does the script one of us you know sets up all the uh topics we want to talk about but um i mean it, it it seems like it runs like a pretty well-oiled machine um that's for sure um I, I will t- I will put Broski over on this. Um, he the his level of like uh, dedication to the to the podcast is insane. He uh, just like is it's always it seems always top of mind for him. Um, he's always thinking you know when are we going to record? Like is that enough time? <laughs> so it's like he is really uh, the driving force uh, behind making sure that we record every week. So that's how I mean. That's how you have to be uh, to be successful. I feel like you have like I'm constantly thinking of uh, people that I want to have on this show or topics that I want to talk about or, or how something can relate to you know if March Madness is coming up. Oh, how can we turn that into something on the show? It's just you know there's there's so many podcasts that I do listen to that are kind of they're great, but they just will follow the same routine every single week and you listen to it 52 weeks a year and it just kind of gets you know repetitive. So it's it's fun to be able to change things up a little bit and make it you know enjoyable for the listener and that's what we we try to do i'm sure you guys try to do as well and you do it very well um as as a wrestling fan what what current wwe superstars or or just wrestlers in general it doesn't have to be wwe uh do you enjoy watching as a fan and and can you still you know at this point of where you are in the business can you still enjoy and sit down and watch wrestling as as a fan i'm sure you critique it and all that kind of stuff but yeah i think that um, I, of course you can, of course you, I, uh, if some guys say that they, they can't watch it as a fan, I think that's bull crap because, um, you can still watch it and enjoy it for the art and, um, the performances and, you know, you, when you're inside baseball on movies and you understand how the movies are produced, you can still get lost in a movie and, and love a film or a TV show. So, um, but so yeah, I still watch, I, I really enjoy, um, NXT UK. I watch that when I can. Um, a lot of those guys I love, um, our truth is great, right? Oh yeah. That was awesome. Uh, yeah, he's been very, inter- I mean, the guy never seems to talk about reinventing yourself. I mean, the guy, I know. Is, the guy has been awesome and, and one of the most entertaining parts of, of wrestling in the last year or so for sure. I love the big fights. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I've always been a big Brock Lesnar guy. I loved watching him in UFC. So I, I just like sort of love this big time, big bad, like super heel that he is uh, on top. So I, I love any of his segments and any of the big matches that they build to. So I, I'm not down on wrestling. I, you people complain about it. I, I could not wrestling possibly fans, Mark, I, I never really hear wrestling fans complain about wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, man. Um, no, but you know, going back to the Lesnar thing, I, I'm totally with you. And I feel like you know people c- will complain until you get to that you know build up for that big match, that WrestleMania match. And it's like it, you get that big fight feel. And with so many pay-per-views and so much wrestling, I mean, we can literally watch wrestling every day of the week live. You know, it's, it's kind of nice to have when, I, when we were kids, we had four fucking pay-per-views. You know, mm. and we and they made it work. You know, it didn't feel like you had to wait long because the storylines dictated it, and they kind of you know spread things out a little bit. But that's kind of what you're getting with Brock Lesnar now. Whereas you know, it it has a special feel when he's in the ring because he's not in there every single week. So, yeah, yeah. My argument has always been uh, that people need to look at wrestling, the WWE especially, but like wrestling as a whole, as like 
Netflix, right? So like you you have Netflix. You pay nine ninety nine for Netflix because you like it. Uh, you that does not mean you like every single thing they put up there. Mm-hmm. You but you don't have to watch that. So it's like it'd be if somebody was tweeting, I can't believe they just added 13 <laughs> episodes of Barbie, yeah. the animated series. I don't want to watch that. Yeah, so don't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's, That's a good thing. call. That's a good call. Yeah, I mean, um, there's so many there are so many different types, not only companies, but you know, male-female wrestling, and now you have uh, so many different styles of wrestling that you can watch, and it's like, yeah, I, I don't need to know that you don't like something. Just, I mean... Uh, we, I, I say that, but I mean, I'm I'm criticizing stuff about wrestling all the time on on our social media and stuff like that. But yeah, it's a, to a certain extent, it's like you know, especially if if you just don't like, I don't want to watch AEW. I don't like it. I'm never going to watch it. Like, okay, well, I don't need to know that. It's not something that you have to watch. You know, you can you can be an indie wrestling fan. Or you can be a WWE fan. It's just you know, we all like the same thing. It just it's pointless to break it down into these micro groups and just you know dissect yeah, the- it. The, yeah, the people love to say the three-hour raw or whatever. It's too boring. Like, like they, you don't have to watch it. There's a shorter version on Hulu the next day. You can always fast forward and see the segments you want. And basically, honestly, if you f- subscribe to them on t- on a YouTube, they basically put the entire raw up in, into clips by the next day or at the, the exact moment. My <laughs> Viking Raiders match was in full on YouTube before I even like got my gear off. So. That's insane. It's yeah. it's up there quick, and you can basically watch Raw and clips on YouTube. So if you don't like the three hours, don't watch the three hours. There you go. But you brought up AEW. I I love uh, AEW, and a lot of that has to do with like uh, I I know a lot of the people on there. MGF is a uh, great friend of mine. Chris Statlander, I wrestled like seventeen times this year. Uh, we trained together. She's awesome. Um, so I, I literally cannot, that's appointment television for me yeah. to watch my buddies do such good things on TV every week. I just love it. Well, he's been a big part of what they're doing there, man. And they, um, yeah, they've, they've been, it's been a, been a year now. I think I've, I've noted the struggles they've had or, or what I view as struggles, but I mean, um, it's nice to have an alternative and something else to watch. And, um, you know, there's for everything that they're doing that I think they need to correct. I think there's a lot of things they're doing that I like. So it's, you know, it's a double-edged sword for sure. Um, before we get into my final question, I want to know when you are drinking IPAs, give me, give Mm. me a couple of your favorites and let's not go deep cut. So let's not go, uh, you know, specific regional things that we can't get. Like give, give something to somebody that's listening in like Oshkosh, Wisconsin can, can pick up at their local store. I don't know if, uh, there's anything that you drink that uh, you know is kind of more readily available, mm. but um... well, I'll give you the style. So uh, I am a big IPA guy, but more specifically, um, up here they call it a New England IPA, but I think nationally it's known as either New England or Northeast IPA, and that is like the really juicy um, and like citrusy. Um, not like bitter, not like pine tree tasting IPAs. So it's like a very kind of like sweet flavor profile, a lot of mangoes, a lot of citrus. So a New England or Northeast IPA, which basically <clears throat> every brewery has a NE IPA that you can get. Um, I cannot get enough of those uh, drinks. I Back in the day before I was really into craft beer, I used to love me a Blue Moon. So this is, in my opinion, the natural progression. But 
over the last couple of years, I, I've really just started to enjoy all beers, uh, you know, stouts and, um, you know, traditional West Coast IPAs that are more hoppy and piney. Um, but one of my favorites that we always talk about this on the show, this is a very standard, very easily accessible um, standard IPA. It's from uh, – it's called High Lie. It's from Cigar City Brewing Company. They're out of Tampa. Um, very good beer, and you can find that sort of everywhere, and it's in a lot of uh, bars. It's on tap. It's a very standard, nice IPA, and I will also add in the same style – the the Stone Cold uh, Broken Skull IPA is actually really good. Really, okay. I enjoy it. I have one here on my desk that I have some one of my listeners sent me that I have not opened up because I don't know when I'm ever going to see them again. They haven't become distributed to uh, this area, but uh, oh, really? Oh, yeah. they're they're out there now. I I just walk into stores. They're in New York and at least where I am in Massachusetts, they are, are readily available. Cool. Um, um, they're very good. Yeah, I'm gonna put a vote in for Oscar Blues Cano Bliss. It's a hazy IPA. It's very very fruit forward. If you're if you've never had it before, um, for sure, I would definitely check it out. But um, yeah, that's that's some beer talk. And now I'm now I'm craving a beer. Um, Mark, really enjoyed having you on here. The final question I asked all the all the guests that we have on our show here: If you were in, on death row, uh, obviously we hope this never happens. But if you're on death row, what's your final meal gonna be? If you could eat anything you want. I think I uh, I really like uh, sandwiches, and my favorite sandwich is a sort of uh, that Thanksgiving leftover sandwich. So, oh, man, this is a great answer so far. <laughs> yeah, so rye bread, oh, mayonnaise, a little bit of mayonnaise, okay, uh, turkey stuffing, cranberry sauce, a little bit of mayonnaise, rye bread, nice and thick, uh, good uh, inside the bread uh, bird stuffing. That's my sandwich. Damn. Okay. What are you What are you washing it down with? What do you What do you get anything on the side, or just going sandwich? Mm, uh, good point. Uh, oh, yeah. I can have sides, huh? Yeah. You can have uh, whatever. Hey. Hmm. I don't know. May, oh, waffle fries. Nice crispy waffle fries on the side, and uh, I will drink a uh, Julius. It's an IPA. It's a hazy, juicy IPA from Treehouse Brewery, which is, in my opinion, the best brewery on planet Earth. Wow. Okay. Good call, man. Um, Mark, thank you for, for joining us again. You can follow Mark on Twitter at Silver Intuition. Uh, I enjoy you, what you do for the Major Brothers, but I really enjoy when you're actually on the show talking. You 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 bounce those guys out really well. You call both of them out on their bullshit, which is fun, <laughs> and uh, you, you just make the show better. So I think uh, hopefully we get more of you in 2020, but uh, continued success for you and the boys, and uh, we love uh, – you know, not partnering with you, but we love, you know, retweeting your stuff and supporting you guys. And, uh, you've been nothing but awesome to us and uh, great for the community. So, uh, keep up the great work. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. No problem, Mark. Thank you to the one and only Mark Rattel. Hold the plane from the major brothers wrestling figure podcast. Uh, again, Mark, thank you for joining me. Our third edition of the chick-fil-a lounge we had our good friend chris van vliet who just interviewed uh chris benoit's son go check that out Jeez. and uh last week we had stack guy greg on from cheap heat and uh we got a nice little group going on here man i've enjoyed all three of these interviews for many different reasons and i hope you guys are enjoying them too um i know sheena and marcos uh enjoy listening and, I, and they uh thank you guys for listening to our shows and we will be back 
Uh, I'm not going to tell you who the next guest is going to be. I'm going to leave you hanging. But uh, we have another edition of the Chick-fil-A Lounge coming up very soon. So uh, until then, stay classy, Marks. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>